Hi, everyone. Today, me and Hellborn are going to be talking about one of my short stories, which is Farewell, My Father's Son. Farewell, My Father's Son is one of the short stories in the Sam uh, in uh, New York anthology, uh, which will be coming out in March, isn't it? Yes, the first week of March. So it will be on March the 6th and from then on every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tapas. Okay, that's fantastic. Could you tell us a bit more about the anthology? Uh, what is it and how did it come to be? The anthology is a collection of short stories that I wrote mostly in 2020 as a result of trying to join a number of literary contests and magazines. And some of them I felt like I really wanted to share with the public at large. So I have collected the ones that I can share with the public and basically kind of turned them into the anthology. So it was, it basically is a collection of illustrated short stories, kind of like your, you know, Tales of the North. So in addition to the text, you will be seeing a lot of illustrations as well. So it will not be like a typical tapas novel where you just see a lot, a lot of text. You will, it will basically be kind of like a book format, like an ebook format with text. And then you will see some images as well. Okay, so it's uh, more text than uh, the comic, but also quite a bit of art as well. Yes, indeed, yeah. All right. Um, so um, back to the short story that we're discussing today. What is the premise of Farewell, My Father's Son? And what is the AU that it takes place in? The premise is Sam and what would happen if he did become an actor, but wasn't successful, unfortunately. So then this is the AU it takes place in and it explores some of his insecurities because one of the questions we always had, you know, when exploring Sam in New York is, is Sam really as confident as he says he is or how he presents himself to be? What if things don't go his way and not just for a few months, but for years at an end? What if what happens when a lot of things don't go his way and then people start saying things to him that really hurt his self-esteem? How would Sam react to that? And does that shake the way he presents himself and how he sees himself? So it is similar in a way to finding Sam, isn't it? A little bit, yes. It is like that, but I think in a way even darker in some aspects. Yes, I, I do think it's it's much darker, uh, especially in the bits of introspection and uh, his line of thought. It, it definitely is darker and uh, the symbolism in it as well. And uh, we're going to talk about this uh, presently, but um, uh, it explores sort of the same uh, um, storyline, right? The the uh, the idea of Sam uh, not being successful in his career. Mm -hmm, indeed, yeah. In that respect, it is. And some of the themes that we explore are similar to Finding Sam, like the parent and child relationship. You know how Sam sees himself, especially in the face of adversity, and. What is Sam's true personality? Because once you peel away the, the confidence and the cockiness that, you know, he's always been kind of pushing himself to express, who is he really? How would you describe the quote? Well, not real, but like, you know, the Sam that exists when bad things happen to him. Mm -hmm. 
yes, uh, that's true. So, uh, um, is is Sam here less confident than normally because some bad things has, have happened to him, or maybe he uh, he's always not as confident as he wants to seem. I think it's kind of both, you know, like, especially like, yes, I think Sam is not really as confident as he seems, generally speaking, but then especially when bad things happen, he's definitely not as confident as he seems. Mm -hmm. Experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because uh, he was, um, well, he, a lot of his expectations are overturned, so. Exactly, yeah. So this story explores the possibility of him trying to, because at the end of the story, he does talk about what kind of person he wants to become. But what happens when bad things happen to him and then he thinks about what kind of person he wants to become? Because in Sam New York, he always thinks about what kind of person he wants to become. But for the most part, nothing really dramatically bad happens to him. At least nothing that really challenges the idea of what he wants to become. But here, his fundamental self, you know, the self that wants to be a famous actor is challenged because it's not happening to him so far. So what's going to happen to him? Like, is he going to continue on this path or listen to his parents and see if there's a way for him to go back to law school, because that's what his parents want. Exactly what hurts Sam the most, because uh, if, uh, if you were a lawyer and you were not successful, he would be disappointed, but not to the same degree, but he successful, then that is really a blow to his confidence. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. And that's what we're exploring in this story because for so many years, as we've seen in Sam New York, Sam has been obsessed with the theater. And I think deep down he knows that he's not guaranteed to be successful, but that he's pumped himself up to believe in this. You know, he really wants to believe that he can be successful. And I think, yeah, like you said, the fact that the real world isn't as what he imagined and you know, this really impacts how he sees himself. And he thinks maybe I was never that good to begin with. Maybe I should have just listened to my parents because they really do know better for me. But now what do I do? Like, you know, I'm kind of stuck in between. Like, I still don't want to do what my parents want me to do, you know, the whole law thing. But then what I want to do isn't working out either. Oh, sorry, there's a lag. Can you hear me? That's definitely a, a great impasse. Uh, yes, I can, I can. Oh, can sorry. Yeah, sorry, I just got this alert. It says that your network bandwidth is low. I think that's why there's such a huge lag. Okay. Yeah, that's true, because sometimes it freezes. It, it froze for me as well. Mm-hmm. A few seconds or if a few moments earlier, yeah. Mm, all right, so um, this uh, uh, this uh, uh, pessimistic ideas are also reflected in the symbolism of uh, this piece, and uh, this is one of those things that makes this story stand out among the other pieces in the anthology in terms of style. Uh, 
So um, what really uh, struck me and remained with me is that it begins with a dream. And this allows for some really beautiful symbolism. Could you tell us more about the style of this story? Oh, yes. So basically the story um, as a as a word of um, so like basically because this was done for a contest of uh, the first paragraphs and the, the first paragraph in the 20th paragraph of the story was not written by me. It was written by Al Canyon Press, which hosted this hackathon contest that the story was written for. And basically it gave me the idea to write about, you know, a darker imagery and how that can connect to Sam's psyche. So let me share the screen with you guys. I'll show you what the given prompt was. Share screen. Okay, that's a wonderful idea. Yeah, so this is um, the cover for the story. And then this is the inner oh, cover. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. And yes, yeah, great. you are one of the people I dedicated this, this whole thing to. Thanks in particular to Hellborn and Tete de Punk for reading these stories and giving me feedback on them before the idea to release this anthology was even conceived. Without you guys' continued interest in my work and characters, I would have never gotten so far. Oh, this is so lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. And here's a brief introduction of what the Sam New York anthology is. So basically, it's a companion to the graphic novel Sam New York, which you can read for free on Tapas, Webtoon, Patreon, and Denyth.art, and updates every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This anthology is a collection of short stories about Sam, his family, his friends, exploring the trials and tribulations that they face while growing up and growing old on the Lower East Side. Many of these stories take place in an alternative timeline. So Sam will have a variety of love interests. And then these are Lena, Katya, Frankie, or Tom, and careers, lawyer, actor, writer, director, etc depending on which alternative timeline each story takes place in. So because there's so many alternative timelines and there are also different you know, perspectives, because it's not only from Sam's perspective, there's also Tom, you know, Frankie, etc. So you can read any of these stories in any order you want. There is no right order. This is really interesting and it's very rich in terms of the, the perspectives and the themes that it offers because it's different in this respect from Sam in New York when we only see uh, Sam's perspective, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. So then we get to learn more about the other characters. Yes, exactly. Yep, so here's a disclaimer. Um, oh, sorry, because, you know, the lag. I didn't know, <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, the art style of this story. Yes, so the art style, especially for this story, not every story in this anthology, but for this story, because it is quite dark and surreal, we will be seeing something that is a little bit different from what we see in Sam New York. The cover page of the story is an example. It's quite disquieting indeed with uh, distortions and it fits the whole atmosphere of the piece so well. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I will now show you guys the first paragraph, which was not written by me, but by Al Canyon Press. 
And this is the prompts that I had to continue the story based off on. So it was an odd sized casket, too small for a man, too big for a child. A flag was draped over it, a smallish one. It was carried by four men in uniform. Though it was hard to tell for sure from a distance what uniform it was, or even if they were all men. There wasn't room for the usual six pallbearers due to the small size of the casket, since it would have made for a comical service to have all six jammed together, shoulder to shoulder, crowding around an undersized coffin. So the extra pallbearers were in the ranks of many others in uniform, standing beside a small open grave. The officials wore a robe instead of a uniform and must have said something because there was a long silence, then a burst of laughter. That's the first paragraph. Oh, I see. So starting from this, you came up with this story about Sam having a dream and uh, uh, having these uh, uh, well, streams of consciousnesses and thinking about uh, his life, looking back to his decisions. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then from there, you know, I wrote the other paragraphs. Oh, the, the image didn't load, so I'll reload the page. But these are supposed to be teeth. So when I reload the page, you guys will be able to see it. Okay. Because one of the streams of consciousness that Sam has is of his dream, which is connected to the first paragraph provided by Al Canyon Press. And he thinks about his teeth falling out. That was such a strong moment in the story. Yeah, it's taking forever to load for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, yeah, maybe if you if you turn to a different page, maybe when you go back to it, it will load. Yeah, let me see if the teeth are showing now. Yep, here it is. Okay. Here are oh, the yeah. teeth, yeah. Yeah, this is really eerie. I love it. Yes, indeed. Yeah, but I won't read it out loud because, you know, I won't spell too much of it, but this is like the, some some of the art styles you will see. So, you know, this is the officiant, you know, the guy who wears a robe instead of a uniform. And then there's also an element of surrealness with the glitches behind him. And then here are the mysterious figures, right? The, the pallbearers and the flag on the coffin. And it's interesting to note that the flag is white, it's kind of like the white, you know, surrender. Mm -hmm. Yes, I see. It makes sense in the logic of the story and the readers are going to, to learn what that would mean in the context. Indeed. Go through the whole story. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, since we, since you've shown uh, some of the art with us, um, would, could you, talk also about the cover of the entire anthology and the style there? Yes. So this was actually inspired by some Soviet art that I saw on Pinterest and some old storybooks, you know, that were from the Soviet Union in the 1950s. And I thought having this style would be really cool because, you know, it makes it look like it's dated, you know, especially from the 20th century, like a collection of the Sam New York people's life stories since they are from the 20th century. It's lovely. I really love the patterns and it fits really well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted it to look really different from the Sam New York covers, which were more like not pattern based, but you know, visual space. It was actually more like an illustration with the title on it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, so um, even even in these illustrations, we see that uh, it's quite different from everything that you've posted so far. Mm-hmm. It is indeed, yeah. So I am really excited to share this with you guys, especially since we will be seeing so much more of the other characters. I mean, this is just like an idea I have so far, and it's not going to be actually on tapas, like the table of contents, because it might change, right? So this is mostly just for my own reference. So after Farewell, My Father's Son, I was thinking of releasing Stillness, which is the story about Tom that we had a previous podcast about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, um... It's great, and uh, we we see here uh, five stories uh, so far. So this is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all of them are going to come out this year, and I think each story is around two thousand ish words. So I'm releasing around maybe five hundred words or less, depending on how you know complex it is. Because I do think about releasing it based on complexity. The more complex. A certain scene or 500 words is the less I will be releasing at once. So I think it might take around three months or two months for one story to be released. Um, okay. Will you be adding any more stories? Mm-hmm. I will, as I write more and more. That's awesome. I wonder how big this will get and how many uh, character perspectives we're going to see because uh, uh, we also have quite a few perspectives that are not seen in Sam in New York. So um, let's uh, talk a bit about the new characters that are introduced in Farewell, My Father's Son. Yeah, there is one. Yes, and you can see him here. He's Sam's psychiatrist. And as we can see, he is actually also kind of similar to Sam's parents in that he also came from Odessa. And he also had immigrated from the Russian empire around the turn of the 20th century. And to get into Sam's mindset and to also get him to relax more, he talks to him in his mother tongue, Yiddish. And this is also a reflection of the fact that Sam couldn't find what he was looking for with his parents because his parents are, are not that supportive of him, even though they know he feels terrible about his current situation. They criticize him more than really comfort him. And well, they're not really mean to him or anything, but Sam feels like he's a burden to them. So he doesn't want to talk too much about his own feelings to them. So this is why he turns to Dr. Glickman, who kind of becomes like a substitute father to him in many ways. Is the therapy working for Sam? What does he think about it? Hmm. I don't think he really thinks it's that helpful. I think you will see in the story, but he questions whether therapy is really that therapeutic because in one aspect that he doesn't like about therapy, it's that he's paying someone who doesn't know him that well to listen to his problems. They are not listening to him because they want to. And this is something that he doesn't really feel entirely comfortable with. Like, it's like he's making it an obligation for this person to listen to him just because he's paying this person. 
Okay, see, so there is uh, again a problem with the connection he has with people that there's no one that he can really talk to, is it? Exactly. At least in this AU, because he feels like he screwed up so badly that he doesn't know who to talk to about with his his problems, you know, and he doesn't want to be judged. And yet he feels like he's judging himself as well. And he doesn't want to burden other people because he always felt like if he talked too much about his own problems, people will find him annoying or they will find him whiny or they will just say, why does it concern me? That's your problem, Sam. Why don't you fix it? Mm, yes, that makes sense. That makes sense. Especially in relation uh, to his uh, parents who, uh, well, I think that, I think that Sam feels a bit, you know, humbled by his failure in a way because uh, he went against his parents' wishes and will and uh, they had arguments and now it is sort of proven that they were right. In, in worrying that he will not be uh, uh, very successful as, uh, as an actor. So I guess this, uh, in many ways, makes it more difficult for Sam to talk to his parents, doesn't it? I mean, he, he doesn't really just, just come to them and say, okay, you were right, I give up, I'm defeated. He cannot do this. <laughs> I don't know what, what kind of person would be able to do this easily. Exactly. And that's why he does feel a little bit awkward around his parents, which is still not as bad as in Finding Sam, because in Finding Sam, something very tragic happens to one of his parents. Mm, yes, yes, that's true, that's true. Which is um, a further barrier. At least here, nothing really has happened except for his own failure and his, his guilt, you know, he, he feels responsible for his lack of success. In a way, the situation is reversed because in Finding Sam, we see his parents feeling more guilty because Sam has followed the, uh, um, the, their wishes and it did not work out. So maybe, uh, so there we see their parents thinking, maybe we pushed him too hard. Maybe we should have let him just do what he wanted to. Maybe he would have been more successful. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is another character here that he wanted to be, um, uh, to, to form a connection with, to form a deeper bond. And that is Katya. Yes, yeah, we talk about her here as well. And he does have his share of regrets regarding his relationship with Katya. Yes, and um, uh, an another focus of the story is uh, Sam's persona, Sam Raimi. So how is he different from the real Sam? And why did Sam make him up? I think it's because he feels like his real self is not that appealing to the general public, especially since, you know, he does come from the, quote, slums of the Lower East Side. And he wants to make, like, he wants to project an image that is not from the slums, you know, someone who is really, you know, well-read, but really glib, funny, and positive. While the real Sam, he tries to be positive, but, you know, he does have his own insecurities, and he feels that if anyone knew about them, then he just comes off as boring or whiny or just plain unsuccessful. So he always feels like he has to get into a role, which is Sam Raimi, to project an image of success. 
Mm, that's true. So Sam Raimi is is uh, the successful man that he wanted to be, right? Exactly. Okay, then this is very nicely uh, seen throughout this story, but uh, uh, well, we won't go into a lot of details because uh, uh, it is really a story about uh, uh, concepts and uh, uh, atmosphere and symbols and uh, uh, well, over explaining will spoil a lot of things. So is there anything uh, you would like to add about this or uh, we'll just leave it at that and leave your readers to uh, discover everything else i think i think i should leave it to you guys to discover everything else because there's a lot of things in this story that i don't want to spoil and i think this is a really great introduction to it so far the imagery we've discussed some of the characters we've also discussed the main psychological barriers that Sam is going to have to tackle in the story. So I think we're good. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. It, it's indeed a, a wonderful introduction and uh, it leaves uh, room to a lot of mystery for the reader to discover the rest of it. And uh, I'm also glad that we did uh, an introduction to the anthology because uh, there are a lot of great things that we're uh, we're going to discover over there. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you as well. And this was really interesting and informative. I cannot wait to see the anthology published. Yes, I mean either. And continue writing short stories for it. Thank you so much. Bye. Oh, yes. That is really exciting. Okay, bye.